This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Our goal at Everyday Tech is to keep your technology not only working, but working for you. I'm the host, Abram Nanny, and you can join me and my friends Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Or search Everyday Tech on your favorite podcasting app or download the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Lacey Alexander here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Salmons from Houseworks. We're back after a brief hiatus, and we want to take you back to the basics. When it comes to home improvement and renovations, you do not have to be a licensed professional to complete some awesome DIY projects and fixes. There are a couple of basic skills that will give the most amateur handy person the confidence to tackle projects around the home and hopefully save a few bucks and as always we are looking to help you with whatever you're working on send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org uh pam and jeff we had to take a few weeks off for weather is everybody okay everybody hanging in there yeah yeah i slid i you know i didn't slide much i just stayed inside and put my robe on (laughs) that's a good call yeah 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 i had the fire going it was nice you know it it was fun for a minute yeah (laughs) Yeah. Well, you got two youngins running around. So. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, when they got out of bed, game on. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, everything was good. Enjoyed the enjoyed the time off. But uh, I told Lacey this morning when I walked in, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When well, this weather's outstanding, isn't it? I bet oh, you you get beautiful. a lot done in this pretty we, weather. We are doing a lot. We're pouring concrete. We're putting in yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a. New house closing today. We've signed some some contracts on some other houses. Life is it's, good. It's, life yeah. is good. Life Man, is good. The temperature gets over 60. Jeff goes to work. I'm go. telling you. you I'm go. telling you. I've crawled under. Let's see. I've crawled under two houses already this week. I'm headed down to McGee to crawl under another one today. Nice. And, and then I'm going to Perkinston. That's south of Hattiesburg. I've been there. Yeah. 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 No, I go through there going to the... Going to a BSL yeah, all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So I'm headed down there to crawl under one, and then I got to go down to Fairhope, Alabama, and crawl under one. My home state. Yeah. Wave to my wave to my people on your way there. I've spent I, the whole week. I'm on my knees, Jeff. <laughs> I'm just on my knees, just. And, and you're going to be hurting. I, well, you know, I started Pilates in the new year, and <laughs> it has helped. <laughs> Girl. I'm telling you, it has helped. But, and, you know, I love it because I can exercise laying down. <laughs> That's my favorite Absolutely part. not. <laughs> well, you know, guys, we've been off for two weeks, and I guess people have missed us because we've already got phone calls this early in the morning. Let's take it first to John in Columbia, who says he almost blew himself up working on a water heater. What's up with that, John? Oh, oh, oh. All right, absolutely. Um, cautionary tale. I've done this before. I am not blowing myself up on many occasions. And um, girlfriend calls, says her water keep, heater keeps going off. That, uh, and she can relight it, and it will not stay lit. And uh, so I tell her, give me a can of uh, compressed air. She doesn't, you know, doesn't have her own compressed air can. I come down, and I clean it out. Turn off the gas, make sure everything's good, open it up, clean it all out. Everything's looking great. And one problem that was having before was it wouldn't light with the igniter. Well, there was a lot of deposits up around where the igniter was. So I got in there with my flashlight and cleaned everything out really, really good and checked and made sure everything was good, used the can to compress there to blow it out, and 
push the igniter button to chest test and make sure the igniter was actually working now. And there was an explosion that was about the volume of two to three shotgun blasts. Flames came out of the closet. And <laughs> have you got any I eyebrows was, left, John? <laughs> just barely. Just barely. I did manage to save my eyebrows. I, I have no straight hairs. That's for sure. But um, well, the uh, the igniter I'm, worked, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the igniter did work. The igniter worked beautifully. But what didn't work was it was not compressed air. It was a it was which is what I've most of the cans that I, the cans that I've been buying for years are just compressed air. Well, this right. was compressed something incredibly flammable. Mm. Oxygen. Mm. Once I hit that igniter, no, it wasn't oxygen. It was a Chloroethylene, something or other. Really? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the can had a explosion warning, but it said "will explode if exposed to extreme heat." And I'm like, "Yeah, right." That's the way they all say. Sure. But um, if you read the label, tiny in the tiny, tiny little print, it said "very, very flammable." Wow. And uh, well, you know, and one, uh, one thing you'd never think about. You, you think uh, that's true. Yeah. Air. Well, I'm I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you called in. Yeah, John. I'm glad you're not calling us from the great beyond, man. Yeah. Me well, too, me too. But it's a you know it's one of those things. If I would have never, if I I thought it was compressed air in a can. Now, hey, hey, John. I've got a personal question. Uh, you can answer yeah. it if you want to, but. Did you retain the girlfriend? <laughs> uh, for, in the beginning, it was sketchy. In the beginning, I bet. Once, <laughs> yeah. you know? we went through the whole situation, once we went through it and tracked it back to what it was, it was fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> and well, you know what? The water heater works great. There you go. All the deposits are gone. Once Perfect. we got all that stuff cleaned up. And you know, people will use, they'll use that compressed air not only on water heater pot, but they'll use it on their stove. To clean it up, to mm. clean that up, the or it's the little orifice, and it gets right. dust in it. And same thing on gas logs. So that's right. be that's very right. careful. Sure um, yeah, yep. what, right. what you're that's using on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder yep. though if you like if it dissipates. Well, I don't think the it compressed air is flammable. Have, it, he he bought something that was flammable. Right. Uh, it was a keyboard duster instead of a compressed air, but it it. You know, unless you're thinking, hey, is this compressed air? Is this a flammable gas that's compressed to blow stuff around? Your average person is not going to look to see because mm-hmm. it's that, you know, like I said, what I'm normally used to using is just compressed air in a can. And it's not flammable. It would only explode if you heated the can up big enough to burst the can. But this was, this was very, very flammable. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I think there, there was something else in there. Well, just bless your heart. Yeah, yeah John, you, you live to tell the tale, your man. Heart. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Figured I'd share that so I might save somebody else degrees. <laughs> thank you, John. <laughs> Hopefully we won't have any more exploding water heaters, man. John, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, like I said, people are already in line to chat with you two since we've been off for two weeks. Let's go ahead and switch over to Ronnie, who is traveling from Baton Rouge to Florida, and he wants to know if you have some recommendations on indoor air quality. Ronnie, what's going on, man? Well, I purchased a home about 10 years ago, and the lady had a cat. Well, we took care of the cat smell. We lined the ducts, and we actually have since changed the air conditioner. But there is a smell in our house that's kind of embarrassing because I hate to invite people over because I don't know if my house 
thinks. I'll tell you what the situation is. As we're living there, uh, everything's okay. But when we go away for a weekend and we come in, there's a distinct odor. And a couple of weeks ago, when the girls were talking on the, uh, the, the show, a lot of questions were talking about gas leaks. So my question is, what type of company could I contact to do indoor air quality tests to find out if it is that chemical smell that comes along with gas uh, or if it's some other problem. Now, it's, it's not a dirty uh, sock smell, so there, I'm not talking about mold. I'm not talking about cat smell because we took care of that problem a long time ago. Uh, you have any recommendations? Yeah. How old is the house? Uh, built in 72. Okay, so it's an older home. Um, how old your air conditioning system? Uh, the air conditioning, we actually had it replaced uh, about two years ago. Okay. And with, not with, necessarily the heating coil, but the air conditioner, you know, in the inside closet. Right. Okay, the, the air handler. Now, how about the um, ductwork? The ductwork, we had lined. You know, okay, the, okay. The, I got you. The spray in there and it sealed it up yep. because we thought that, that would solve the problem yep. nine years yep. ago. Yep. It, okay. So they okay. I, I just have to ask: you lined the inside of your metal ductwork with a spray? No, it wasn't metal. It's the flexible duct ductwork. Oh, flex ducting, and you lined it? Yeah, with you know the the guy went in and he and he sprayed the epoxy on the inside of it to seal the the, the lining itself. Huh. So that was, you know it. It seemed to. I thought it would work, but again, when the when we go away for the weekend, the buildup of the smell is uh, quite evident. And when we open up uh, the, the the hotel closet door, when we hang our clothes up, the smell travels with our clothes because it's in the closet. Wow. Um, we had we had the gas tested and pressure test, and the, it passed the pressure test, but you know. I have a sneaky suspicion that the chemical that's inside gas to make it smell like gas has a degrading quality that gives an odor, and I'm wondering if that's it. I, and because it's an older home, the concept of changing the plumber, uh, plumbing would obviously be costly, and I don't want to just go change it if that's not the problem. So. Is there a company that does indoor air quality testing that can tell me what kind of chemicals make this smell? Yeah, there. That yeah, we've we've done air quality tests. Um, you probably the, need a um, some type of a. The problem is is that a lot of the air quality testing that's out there is looking for a specific thing. Right. Exactly. And so what I'm hearing is, the, and what I'm wondering is if, because I have, I, I absolutely have never heard of lining the inside of a flex yeah, duct with something that is sprayed. You, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like a dead animal in the wall. It really does. Well, but it's been going on for years. Oh. Um, and That's so oh. if it's, what I would do, if I was having that problem and I wasn't who I am, <laughs> I, because I can, I, I find stuff. That's, that's what I do is I problem solve. I would try to find, and where are you? Where's your hometown? 
Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. I would try to find uh, like a um, an inspector who is an environmental engineer. And that, that they're a little bit more expensive to come in and do some testing because whenever you put in new air conditioning, and Timmy McClendon and I talk about this all the time, you put in brand new uh, mechanics without dealing with the duct work, and you can create negative pressures inside the house that will draw odors and unconditioned air from the outside of the house to the inside of the house. So are you on a slab or are you on conventional? Slab. Okay. Um, there, there would, and I actually was dealing with a client yesterday on this very, very same thing, is that the way houses were built in the 70s, they were not built to be airtight. And so we come in and and add equipment that was built two years ago to a house that was built 50 years ago. Well, now what that thing will do is, is it's strong, and it's stronger than what we were dealing with 50 years ago. So it will create a negative pressure and pull odors from different parts, like from the attic or from your earth box underneath your uh, tub. The ductwork itself could be causing the odor, um, so I would I would try to find in that Baton Rouge area an environmental engineer that kind of that's their specialty is to come into homes and diagnose air quality and because air quality always goes back to air conditioning and negative airspace always. Well, and I would agree with that, except, again, I, I, the more that I think about it and deal with the issue, I, and you mentioned it two weeks ago, which really made me think, uh, is the minute, very minute gas leaks that, because the house is closed up for a period of time when we go away, that when we open up, we literally um, you know, open the door, it hits us in the face, we have to open up all of our windows and air the, air the place out. Yeah, but so, that wasn't uh, a, two weeks ago, that wasn't a gas leak, that was a sewer opening. Oh, no, no, it's not sewer, sewer smell either. Well, it could be. Sewer can be, um, depending on where it's coming from, it could literally be sewer that you're thinking is a gas odor. They all stink. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's just a different type of gas, but yeah, you're correct. And, and it, it, what's weird is that this, there was, this house was built, designed, built, and lived in by an architect, a uh, noted architect for 40-some-odd 40, 40 years ago. And um, when they had, a, they had a slate roof, and one of the things that I found and corrected was some of the plumbing just stubbed out into the attic. It didn't penetrate the roof. Well, there you go. I made certain to, to go through it. Now, maybe I missed one. I don't think so, but, uh, yeah. That, and So that's the environmental engineering right. uh, mm-hmm. section is probably the way I need to go because at least I could target them on, hey, is it H2S gas or is it uh, the, the uh, chemical in the natural gas uh, uh, composition? And that, I that would basis. also, Ronnie, try to find an environmental engineer who uses thermal imaging. Because you could literally have, an, uh, if you had open vents in your attic, I guarantee you there are open vents in your wall somewhere. And you put in an air conditioning system that's pulling, you know, a lot of air, 
And it's just what it's doing is when it kicks on, it's like like a puff of it from somewhere. I bet you got an open vent in a wall somewhere. That's what I would do. Thermal imaging, environmental engineer. Well, there you go. Ronnie, we hope we helped you out with that call. Safe travels on the way to Florida. We were going to talk about going back to basics, but people have been blowing up the phone this morning. They missed our buddies, Pam and Jeff. Now, the topic of today's show is going back to that like 101 very first things you should know as a homeowner. So if you two, Professor Pam and Professor Jeff, were teaching Home Maintenance 101 at Fix-It University, what is on your syllabi? How to reset your GFI outlets. Uh, perfect. <laughs> you know, we with the... Uh, I hate those things. Well, I, I do too. And then the, the ARC fault. ARC faults. Uh, you know, oh. I, I get calls, Jeff, none of my receptacles are working in the third bedroom. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what it is. Uh-huh. And... So if I say, well, go in there and reset the arc fault, well, I've already done that. Well, you didn't. You set your GFI. So I go over there and, it, you know. But, but yeah, that, that um, I, would, um, I would date my um, air filters, you know, change them once a month. Change your smoke detector batteries. Even if they're hooked up to the power, they still have a battery backup. Mm-hmm. You need to change those once a year. Um, and then date and, the back and, of your... Take and these your, are simple things. Yeah, take your fire extinguisher, your fire smoke detector down, and on the back side of it, date it. Yes. So when you every time you change take those batteries... Take the lid off, not the, not the whole device. Yes, well, take and, and date it, and, beca- and 10 years after that date, get another one. Okay. <laughs> Cause it if all, you're still in the same house. Yes, because mm-hmm. it it don't work after ten years, yeah, and it, in the tiny print it says that's right. It sure does. <laughs> Will sure not does. extinguish fires. <laughs> well, sure it's not going to tell you there's a fire. Oh, I see what you're saying. After right. ten years, and what I love now, what they're coming out, and I don't know if y'all are putting these in new construction or not, Jeff, but the ten year battery. Yes. So it'll yes. you know in ten years that's going to start beeping. That doesn't mean change the battery. It it means right. go get another. It means one. go get another. <laughs> <laughs> no, if the if the battery needs changing in them fire alarms, they will wake you up at two in the morning and let you know. Yeah. Beep beep beep. Because that's they the only be time they start going off at two a.m. <laughs> yeah, and I have friends that are just used to the sound, so it doesn't bother them anymore. When oh you, my goodness! When you hear that sound, you better change it before you yeah, get used to it. It'd be best. Well, and if um, your carbon monoxide alarm goes off, don't just unplug it. <laughs> oh Lord! What's the point of having an alarm? Uh, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, that yeah, means yeah. there's something. <laughs> now uh, we we got to go back. We got to go back ten yards. Foul on the play. You were talking about resetting some kind of electric something. Well, yeah, it's it's an it's an arc fault, and and we are required. It is code to put an arc fault in the bedrooms. Um, it's like a GFI, but just a little bit different. So when your arc fault um, goes off, then it it kills the rest of the receptacles in the room. In the room, yeah. Yeah. Not the entire house. Now, the difference when your GFI goes off, 
it kills it kills all the receptacles on that circuit, right? Or, yeah, or anything or that's everything on GFI next to water, six feet from right. water and in. It's supposed to have GFI and, and everything outside. Yeah, it's so. supposed to have it. An arc fault. If I always now this dates me. This is really going to date me, and Jeff. So you're <laughs> right in there with me. Um, like when I was a kid, and and um, my mom was working, and she told me I needed to vacuum before she got home. Right. So five minutes before she's driving into the driveway, <laughs> you're, you're doing a quick. I'm, a quick I'm vac. plugging the vacuum in. Well, she can't see that I just started. Right. So I doom 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 doom, and I go as fast as I can, and then I yank that cord out. Right from the from the from opposite the outlet, end, yeah. and there's an arc. Yeah. There's a flash. That's called an arc. Oh, Lord. And so if if I were to do that today, it would pop off all those outlets because huh. there had been a history of house fires starting in bedrooms because of arc falls. Because kids waited too late to vacuum because the floor. Because they waited too late to vacuum the floor. Stoke on kids. I tell you, I just, anyway, children. So how do you, how do you test this arc vault? Fault. Fault. Arc. Fault. A-R-C-F-A-U-L-T. Arc. Fault. There are, there are two different ways. When they first started coming out, they would put it in your electric panel. And you would open oh, that right. up, that's and right. you would look, and you would see, if it, when it's labeled bedrooms, one, two, three, four bedroom, and the, the little breaker would have a button on it. Yep. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And you could, and they all failed. Yep. You remember that? Sure. I used to tell my clients, this is 15 years ago when they far, first started to use, I said, once you get, and I'm going to just say this out loud on the radio, because they all failed. Builders hated them. Home inspectors hated them, and I would tell my clients, once you get your, uh, what's it called, certificate of occupancy, once you get your CO, your certificate of occupancy, I want you to get the electrician to yank these things out and just put in regular breakers, because in about a month, they're all going to start failing. They were terrible. Now, why? 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 Because they're plastic, and oh, it was it's new. Just, yeah. It's kind of like the first series on the iPhone. You don't want that one. You want somebody to try it out before. It just it had failure in it. Well, now they don't do that anymore. So now they're they're pretty right. good. But yeah. what they've started doing. So to answer your question, they're little buttons in the circuit, and you could go in there, and if you if you push that button, that circuit pops off. It was a test. It's a test, and then you reset it. As a home inspector, just saying, I don't test them if the house is occupied, okay? Because in those bedrooms are child, you know, all, they've got all kinds of mechanics in there. If I pop that off and it doesn't come back on, Mama's going to come home and she's going to be mad. So I just say they're there. <laughs> if it's a new house, then I will check them. I'll, right. I'll test them. Now what they're doing, which I love, is they are putting an arc fault outlet at the top of every circuit in a bedroom. So if you walk into the bedroom in new construction, and you, of course there's no furniture in there, and you look around, you'll see at the top of the circuit is an outlet that looks like it's a GFI outlet. Yeah. But it's an arc. It's a square. That's right. It's an arc. Yep. And I can go over there and punch that test button, and none of the other outlets will work in that room. And then I reset it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Y'all, it's so much only, easier than it. The only reason why I ask is because I plugged in a, a, a stick lamp, right? It just has two lights, a top light and right. like a, 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 a desk light on it. 
I plugged that into an outlet. It took the whole wall off, like all of the outlets on the wall. Well, the crazy part was I can unplug that. We can go out to the breaker, reset the breaker. I can come back in and I can plug in a cell phone. I can plug in a watch. I can plug in well, all there, of that. No, there's, there's something, something wrong, wrong with, with the lamp. lamp. <laughs> right. <laughs> you need to get rid of that you lamp. You need to throw the lamp away. <laughs> but the lamp worked in another home that I had, and I just toted well, that same lamp. no. Something happened to that lamp during that tote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the signal. Right. That's the signal telling you don't do it because you're going to get electrocuted. That's okay. like unplugging the carbon monoxide alarm. Right. Yeah. The lamp's trying to tell you something, Jermaine. The lamp's trying to tell you. I'm going to burn his house down. You better right. get to talking because I keep trying and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. No. Well, you know, Stop it. When you keep trying the same thing over it's and over again. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, hey, Jermaine, our birthday, Jermaine and I have the same birthday, and it's in two months, March 29th. Everybody listening, take you note better. of that. And you're getting a lamp for your birthday. Well, yes. <laughs> you're getting a new one. I need you to send this lamp through Jeff and Jeff, Jeff yeah, and Pam. Right. You know, <laughs> what you could do, I mean, uh, if you wanted to, you can rewire that well, lamp. Of course. I mean, it's you can yeah. buy a lamp I, kit I, I just, and rewire I, it's just, it. It's just mind-blowing to me that it could be the lamp, because I literally walked the lamp five minutes across the street, and I plugged it into another house, and it just blew out a whole wall. Well, it's the it's the it's the wiring. How old's the house? Something, it's an yeah. old one. Yeah. It's an old one. Yeah. Something yeah. something's and going. And then I had a guy haywire. come by, and I guess what he did was he took that little machine, went by every outlet, it, it flashed a little light, but he was testing GDI. He wasn't testing what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. He was just checking how much voltage was coming to each outlet. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you either need a new lamp or you need to learn how to rewire that one. <laughs> and I've rewired a bunch of them. I mean, it's not that hard. I rewired a a, a blender. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Send my lamp through Pam and Jeff, and I'll, I'll have a good lamp. You can there buy you those kits at, you know, big box stores, and, and it's kind of fun. I, I enjoy it. Well, you know what we could do is just get a new lamp, Jermaine. That sounds like a lot less complicated. But if it's a cool lamp, if it's one of those yeah, right. retro cool things, a family I heirloom. I have old I have old fixtures hanging in my house, but they all have new wiring. Huh. Okay. So you don't set the house on fire. Well, I can, I've tried to burn it down twice. <laughs> not on purpose. Yeah, yeah, not on purpose. I had a heater that that caught an outlet on fire. I was out of out of town, and my my house sitter uh, called me and said, "I think your house is on fire." Oh Lord! <laughs> and so she found it. And then the other time, it's been like twenty years ago. I was walking the dogs, and it was during the winter, and I was burning a fire. And um, I was coming back down the road, and there was smoke coming out of my gable vents. And I was like, I'm just pretty sure that's not supposed to be happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of going back to basics and something that, you know, every homeowner should know, when my sister and I moved out, something that our dad absolutely jammed into our brains was to clean out the dryer filter every single time. Or else you were, or else something horrible was going to happen. Well, it yeah. could. That's it could. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. a, I got a text from that's, our buddy. It's not. It's not bad advice. I got a text from our buddy Liz saying that that would be, you know, something cool to bring up is like how. What what is what lengths does your dryer filter have to go to before it is a hazard? Jeff, you know the answer to that. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, there's I've some got math to pull to this it. out of the archive. Every elbow in your dryer vent equals ten feet. Huh. So, and I think code, and someone's going to call and correct me because I'm probably <laughs> wrong. I want to say it is about thirty. 
two feet. So I come out of my dryer and I make a bend that's 10 feet. Okay. So then I only have 22 feet that, that, that I can go. Now, manufacturers, um, uh, paperwork, if we will, for lack of better words, supersedes code. Meaning, I, I, I built some, uh, homes for our troops, uh, houses for our wounded veterans, and their, um, um, Handicap uh, rules right. uh, say that we need to put the washer and dryer in the center of the house. It's more convenient. Several reasons why we do that. Sure. So now we're running this dryer vent, you know, 50 feet, 60 feet. Well, the washer and dryers that we put in those particular houses, the manufacturer says that we can run them 60 some odd feet. So that would supersede code right now there's another thing we can do if we have a long run on that uh, we can get an inline uh, booster pump to to help with that and that will allow us to run these vents a little longer yeah if your dryer really your big your clue is if your dryer is not drying clothes yes Mm. it usually means Uh, that there it's clogged somewhere and so you can buy all kinds of contraptions and clean you know, clean them out. And that usually happens. Jeff's got a great point. It usually happens with older dryers. That's right. Newer equipment doesn't use as much water. Mm. So, and then it's it has a really high spin cycle, so it's getting more water out. Right. And what a, all a dryer is doing is getting the water out of your clothes. So where does the water go? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, just think it's about gotta it. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. So I tell you, I, I was watching, I'm watching a new house being built, and I won't tell you where it is, Jeff, but <laughs> I was, um, it was, the dryer was, uh, washing dryers in the middle of the house, and what they did is they ran it on a vertical, and mm-hmm. then they ran it through the vaulted th- ceiling th- in the den. Ooh. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> Jeff said ooh. Hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to push warm, moist air on a vertical through a vaulted ceiling, which means it's going to be hot. So the dryer's never going to work. Or if it does, what it's going to do is the owner, after they put that sheetrock up, they're going to constantly be calling that builder because they think there's a roof leak. And it's Mm. the dryer vent condensating and dripping onto the sheetrock. Well, let me tell you what I have a problem with in my house, getting people to clean the dryer vent that you pull out the lint tray. Right. Just getting them to take the lint off the tray. No, right. Yeah. (laughs) And it will, you know, and that is really, it's just like the, the filters on our air conditioner yep once they get clogged up they just don't work anymore right so keeping it clean but it will bypass that i oh, mean God. you'll you'll have it that lint and i y'all i'm such a nerd i am such a freaking nerd i will every month or so i have this contraption that i can take and put down the front because i have a front loader and i can run that, that thing. long stick thing it's a no this is like a thing i can put on my um on my uh, vacuum and it goes down in there uh-huh. and it, it 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 just sucks everything out of there it sucks it out you don't have to pull it out yank no, it out uh, okay. it sucks it out but i uh-huh. stay on top of it but i tell you something else that people don't think about <laughs> if you you got pets oh if you got pets and means you got hair yes mm-hmm. okay so if you're washing your pet bedding you better be cleaning the filter out in your washing machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And folks don't think about that. Oh, where there does is, that live? That's it. Well, it depends. 
It just depends. I've been listen. I learned. I learned this lesson the, the hard, hard way because my washing machine stunk. Mm. Hey, and Ronnie, listen to this. <laughs> Talking about if you're still out there, Ronnie, odors in your house. If you're not cleaning the filter in your washing machine, you talk about an odor. Mm. It's gross. Mm. And older washing machines, that crazy filter is in the back. And you pretty much have to take off the back panel of your unit in order to get to it. So when my washing machine died a few years ago, and we went through a whole thing on that, I researched washing machines that have the filter on the front. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to make it easier. Make, yeah. yeah, so I opened the drawer. I've got mine on cabinet. So I opened the drawer, and sure enough, it's right there. And I can put a pot right underneath it and open that filter up, and you just cannot imagine the grossness that comes out of there. Well, oh. my two dogs, loves of my life, they're short-haired dogs, and I swear they shed worse than cats. Oh, yeah. It's like whenever you do a, a woofer, you know, the duster thing, <laughs> yeah. you got a whole other animal. A woofer. Oh, yeah, a woofer. What am I thinking a, of? A, woof- a swiffer. A swiffer. A woofer. Whenever, man, whenever I sweep the house, <laughs> yeah, that's about the version woofing. for the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. The dog. A swiffer specifically for dogs. Yeah, whenever I, whenever I sweep the house and I've got that dog hair pile, it looks like I killed one of them. Yeah, I know. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Lacey Alexander, here as always with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Salmons from Houseworks. And hey, if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcasting app or our MPB public media app. Also a reminder that the show re-airs on Saturdays. So let's go back to the phone lines here. We've got a call from Florida in Cleveland, uh, and they've got a question about mold. Florida, what's going on? When it does all this raining, there's mold under my trailer. I mean, mold in the in the trailer on the walls in the bathroom. Mm. I want to know how I, can, how I can get rid of it. It comes back every year. And it, you only see it when it's raining. Well, lately I've been seeing it a lot. Yeah, I've been using a mold spray, but it keeps coming back. Mm, Yeah. Do you have a a vent fan in that bathroom? No. Yeah, that's your problem. Whenever the the outdoor air is really humid, and then your Mm -hmm. indoor air, whenever you introduce a lot of moisture, i.e., take a shower or a bath. You're gonna. It's just gonna happen because there's no way to vent that air out. Um, something I would consider doing, and you know, Jeff and I laugh about this. Is um, oh, Jeff, I can't think. What's the name of it? Concrobium. Spell <laughs> it. Concrobium. <laughs> And it's a, you can buy it at the big box stores. The problem with some of the mold sprays is that they have chlorine in there. And what the chlorine will do, it makes you think you're getting it clean, but all you're doing is creating, changing the pH in the substrate, which will give you an environment that is conducive to mold growth. I'm going to spell it for him. Yeah. C-O-N-C-R-O-B-I-U-M. Concrobium. Concrobium. And you can buy it in a bottle at the... You can buy, uh, it, you can buy it at your big box store. Uh, it, but you make it, don't you? Yeah, I have yeah, a formula you can make it yourself, where or, I make it. But what but, you'll have to do with that, the difference between the concrobium 
and the um, and and a mold spray that has the Clorox in it is that when you spray the Clorox on it, it disappears and you have instant gratification. Right. <laughs> Yay! But it's you, gone. You, you've created a much bigger problem. <laughs> yeah, you've you've just given it an opportunity, and the substrate's going well. Now I'm not protected. The concrobium, you have to spray. You have to follow the instructions on the bottle. You spray it on, let it soak in, and then you have to use a little elbow grease and rub it on until, or, or scrub it until it then goes away. And then you come back and put another fine spray on there as protection. Yep. It's around $38 a gallon, unless it's you make right. it yourself. Yeah. I, does it show what a bottle is? What a like a sixteen ounce bottle? Um, yeah, it's like like fourteen dollars. Fourteen dollars. Yeah, and you could get that. Unless another thing that you could think about doing, Florida, is adding some some type of a fan in your bathroom. So every time after you take your shower or your bath, turn that fan on to help dry the air off. Because what's happening is that the moisture is settling on the walls and the ceiling, and then it's beginning to grow things because it doesn't dry up fast enough. I looked at some, uh, it's pro land. Can you put that under the trailer to dry it out? Well, underneath the trailer is a whole different ball game, so I'm not real sure that's, on that. That's where that's where I'm thinking it's coming from because it's wet under the trailer. Um, it it might be contributing, Florida, but really the problem is on the inside and not having any ventilation or air circulation in the bathroom. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I do appreciate. You. I just something this Concrobium. Concrobium. All right, Florida, go get you some of that concrobium and get that mold figured out. We hope we helped you out today. Let's go ahead and take our next caller. That is Tom in Oxford. He's got an old house on a conventional foundation, and he wants to know if he needs to pull the floor up to get it inflated. Tom, what's going on? So I've got an old house. It's on a conventional foundation. It sits very low to the ground, and there's very there's a very narrow crawl space under the house. And uh, <clears throat> in the wintertime, the downstairs is very cold. Uh, and so I want to be able to put, uh, you know, central heating and air conditioning in the downstairs. There's not enough. There's not enough room there. I also want to be able to insulate under, you know, the underneath the floor. There's not a subfloor, so I mean, I don't know if you can spray directly onto the onto the uh, flooring without a subfloor there or not. Even if you can get underneath. So my question is: Is there an alternative to? Pulling up the flooring in order to get under the house, kind of dig a deeper crawl space. Boy, you need a tiny shovel to do that because your access, I mean, access is everything. Well, it's tough. You know, so the house does not have central heat and air now? No, I've got, actually downstairs, I've got the old-fashioned space heaters. Yep. And I've also got um, multi-split units. Okay, mini-splits. The, the multi-split units, the yep. mini-splits, they, 
they do a good job of cooling. They don't do as good a job. That's right. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because they're heat pumps. That's right. Wow. Mm. Um, Tom, that's uh, that's a good one. I like that one, Tom. That's a that's a good one. Uh, you know. And if there's no space, yeah. I, I am not a – I'm not in agreement of digging more earth out to make a bigger space. Mm-mm. I don't like that idea. Because then you're going to just create a river or a, a um, lake well, under your yeah, house. No, I think you're going to do more damage. Um, I, I don't like the idea of pulling my finished floor up, but it sounds like that's what you may have to do. If you want, I have a similar, I'm, I'm working with a client on a rebuild. And one of the things that they're doing to try to get around from having to use the mini splits is they're creating ductwork and chases around the sides of the ceiling. That would work. Or exposed duck, yeah. Tom, would, would not be horrible. Yeah, yeah. You, are, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? No. Uh, an, an exposed duck would just be a decorative, solid duck that you would paint. Um, you you see them in more of a industrial setting. Restaurants, oh, yeah, you'll see yeah, them. In, yeah, you'll yeah. see them in restaurants. Yeah, and, and and then they they also have a I don't like it, but they have the the flexible um, vinyl duck. Uh, so that's probably your best alternative. Yeah, I wouldn't think about putting it in your crawl space because you're just you're all you're going to do is create and a then, hazard. And then Pam, are you going to leave the crawl space un, uninsulated? Yeah, then? it's just okay. a, yeah, that would be Fine. a nightmare in Oxford. Yeah, true. It'd yeah. just be a nightmare. I, I would look more at um, because there's no subfloor. Trying trying to get that sealed up would be great if you could find somebody that could. But what do you call it? The one inch foam. Um, you, you, you yeah, uh, 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 spray spray foam. Yeah, uh, the process is called flashing. Flashing. Yeah, where it's a one inch. It's not like That's you're right. trying to. Um, you could. I'm actually thinking about doing but that I, on my home. I don't think you're going to get there if you if you can't get under the house. Yeah, if you've got a really tiny, it's it's just it's a it's a matter of access. So I would look at either uh, putting in a central system if with ducks that are either uh, in a chase that is in the wall or in the um even leaving Same. it exposed sure. yeah that those to me sounds like those would be your only options as far as heat goes then you could go to a furnace if you wanted to come in with gas heat you could do that if you've got the ducks but many splits are all those are are heat pumps they're not electric heaters they're right. not furnaces or gas yeah. heat so and they just don't i agree you just they don't get as warm and it would be rare to see now they may be coming out with some new stuff and if timmy's listening he can call in but (laughs) usually heat pumps i don't like those anywhere north of central mississippi right because they just you get too cold in those places for it to work they're just not as efficient is, is it possible to like run a heater and blow warm air under the house in the cold weather? I'm not sure it'd be very efficient. i tell you what you could do if you wanted to. Uh, what kind of flooring do you have? It's uh, hard pine flooring. Oh, so, yeah. One by, one by four. Yeah. It's too bad you couldn't put. You know, you could look at doing um, uh, floor floor heaters, space heaters, all the way. You know, they have those in older houses up in, sure. in New England. I've seen those. 
Well, I have gas space heaters. Yeah. Downstairs, but but the floors leak so badly mm-hmm. that the that the space heaters they just they don't heat. You know, it's got ten foot ceilings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gas the gas heaters work nicely, but when it gets real cold, then yeah, and you're going to get that in Oxford too. Uh, gonna, you sure you, are. You gonna get you gonna get cold. Yeah, the the your ice just melted, didn't it? A few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if the only thing is if you could create, um, or if you had access enough, I would call one of these spray foam contractors and just see if they feel like they could, you know, right. help you out underneath. Because you're right, it's got a seal, and you would really want to save those floors. I would. I know. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, Tom, that that that's a little challenging. Well, Tom, we, you know. we hope we helped you out, man. Stay warm up there in Oxford. Well, and let me mention to Tom, too, something else you can do, you may not want to do, but if you had area rugs or a rug that would cover that wood floor in the winter months, I bet that would help some. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Get I you, wouldn't want to leave them down there all the time. But no. Get you a nice rug, Tom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's let's a take, solution to everything. Uh, let's take one more call of January 2024, and that is Patricia in Flora, who has been waiting very patiently. She is talking about roof problems. Patricia, tell us what's going on. I think, uh, Patricia, you're breaking up a little bit. Let's see if we can answer your question real quick. So the comment that my call screener left is she's looking for a home inspector that uses infrared for a roof problem. Does that sound like something that y'all would know if they... Well, it's it's thermal imaging. It's not infrared. It's oh, a, a, okay. Yeah, thermal imaging. I use thermal imaging. And in order, and I get a lot of calls on roof leaks because water ain't where water is. <laughs> you know, it it's a hit and run. And sure in certain is. circumstances, I can find a roof leak. The it, It's kind of a tricky thing because I have to get there within 48 hours of the rain event in order to find it because then it dries up. And thermal gives me temperature differentials. And so you're welcome to call my office and um, see if they can get you on the books. But you, we have to look at the weather report <laughs> right? and figure it out. And then another thing on roof leaks, I had one yesterday. They had a leak during Katrina that they've never had again. Mm. And it's because the wind was blowing in a weird direction. Oh, absolutely. No. Look, I can make anything leak with <laughs> with enough water and enough pressure. Yeah. yeah right. and, so, and when water is horizontal. <laughs> right. right. It's raining sideways. And it's raining sideways. It'll, you'll just get strange things. But if you have an ongoing leak, yes, an inspector with... Uh, Thermal imaging, and you could Google that as well. I'm not the only one in the area that uses it. There are the other home inspectors that use that technology, and it's really good in diagnosing roof leaks. We can find them. Patricia, your phone line did get a little choppy there. I tell you what, if you need more information, send us an email to fixit101 on mpbonline.org, and we'll get you some more specific info. Sorry about that. But we have finished the first month of 2024. That is wild. That is wild. I feel like we just did New Year's a few days ago. (laughs) And this was a fast show. My goodness. (laughs) Because we never shut up. I know. We talked the whole time. Fixit 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded 
hosted by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was engineered by the wonderful Jermaine Flood. Our call screeners were Charles Honored and Will Pickering. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Salmons, I'm Lacey Alexander. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Abram Nanny. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101, only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.